Welcome to Podcraft, honing the art of podcasting. The bite-sized show that covers one topic in depth each series. Your complete podcasting guide. Podcraft brings the pieces together so you don't have to. And now your host, Colin Gray. Hey folks and welcome to another episode of Series 4 of Podcraft. This is a series on planning and presenting your content. So all about the skills you need to get episodes out on a regular basis and make sure they're super engaging while you do it. So we're on to one topic which is often covered, one of the most popular ways to deliver a podcast today and that is interviews. So how do you do a good interview? What skills do you need to perform that interview well and make sure it's engaging, getting the best out of your interviewee? So for this topic, I thought, what better than get somebody from the radio on uh, to talk about interviewing? Now, obviously, when you're a radio presenter, you've got a lot of interviewing to do. You've got to get the best out of your guest. You've got to make sure you're covering the time. You've got to be really professional about this interviewing game. So obviously, you get a fair bit of training, a fair bit of experience around that. Now, I've got Matt Young on the show today to talk about that. He's done a lot of interviewing in the past. You'll find out a bit more about his experience during the interview itself. But you're about to find out tons of different techniques, tons of different skills that you need to perform a good interview and to turn your interviews into much more engaging content. Make sure you get the best out of the people you're talking to. So I hope you enjoy that content just in a moment. If you want to get the information uh, about this episode, obviously you can go to the show notes, which are at podcraft.net forward slash 403. You can find out everything you need to know about this episode. Now, just before we get into the content, as always, I'd love to request a little bit of feedback. If you pop on to the show notes page, as I've just mentioned, podcraft.net forward slash 403, drop me a comment in the bottom of the post. Let me know what you think. Tell me what your tips are for interviewing. So what do you keep in mind when you're interviewing people? Pop them onto that post and let me know. And if you do have a chance, pop onto iTunes, give me a review. That would be much appreciated. But anyway, enough of that stuff. Let's get on to the interview. Here's Matt. The podcast host, honing your skills. Get your free equipment buyer's guide at thepodcasthost.com forward slash kit. Get the right equipment. First time. Okay, so I'd like to welcome to the podcast, uh, Mr. Matt Young. Thank you very much. Good evening. Good hello. <laughs> hello indeed. Uh, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so yeah, we. Um, I'll just do a little context, I suppose. I uh, I met Matt at uh, UK Pod fourteen, which was only what four four weeks ago or so now. It wasn't. Yeah, it was uh, yeah. back in August, wasn't it? Yeah, not long ago at all. Uh, it's still buzzing off that uh, the excitement of that event. Actually, are you the same? I think we all are. There's been a great community kind of well swelled up around it and uh, we're all trying to stay in touch. So yeah, it's it's definitely got me infused. Indeed, indeed. Lots of uh, mutual interviews going around, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this this was bred from that, was it not? Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, um, Matt, can you tell me a little bit, um, well, I'll, I'll introduce the topic first. This episode, we're going to be talking about interviewing skills, which is something I think that a lot of people struggle with. Um, it's 
it's a it's a pretty common question I get when I'm working with people because I think it's one of the most common ways to make a podcast, as you can tell by this podcast. We're doing an interview, uh, so uh, but people struggle with it a little bit because it's not the easiest thing in the world to do, and in fact. I'm a little bit uh, embarrassed in interviewing somebody or a little bit nervous about interviewing somebody who is uh, an expert in interviewing skills. <laughs> You're going to critique my uh, performance by the end of it? No, no, no. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> so uh, how, how do you know what you know, Matt? What's your background? Well, my background um, since the late 90s has been in broadcasting. So um, I've held various different positions at various different radio stations. So, yeah, I've, I'm basically a radio presenter, a DJ, if you like. Excellent. And uh, whereabouts were you doing that kind of stuff? I started off in the southeast of England, which is where I'm from. Uh, and then with some connections down in the southwest, got offered a job down in uh, in Barnstable in North Devon. Mm-hmm. Uh, moved down there in 2006 and worked for a radio station, which was then called Lantern FM. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I'm still down the southwest. Uh, I went and moved on to another station called Gemini, which was in the capital of uh, Devon in, in Exeter. Uh, which then got taken over by the uh, the big behemoth that is Heart, and I continued to work there for a couple of years, and um, I've since moved on to one of the more local radio stations called Radio X, uh, where I only now have a humble Saturday morning jock. <laughs> so uh, over that time, did you do a lot of interviews? Was that a pretty common thing? It was fairly common. Um, I have to say that you know most of the stations I worked on were uh, music-based radio stations, and you know it was all about the music. It wasn't about you, um, so it was you know speed link as they call it. So do sort of fifteen seconds, and then when you're doing the breakfast show, you get a bit more time to talk. And on there, we you would normally have a. I always worked on double headers, so I always had a co-host. Um, and whether you're asking them questions or you're getting you know callers on the phone, or if you have got occasionally the odd guest in the studio, then yeah, that's where the uh the the interviewing techniques really came into their own yeah great stuff so what i suppose let's start with the big questions what uh what do you think the big things that people do wrong in interviewing are what are the big mistakes the the one i hear time and time again is is not allowing the other person to kind of finish their question because the the, the skill in i suppose the skill in in interviewing people is really being able to ask them a question listen to their answer and then you take that answer and ask a question based on that. It's not just a case of, right, I've got 10 questions here and I'm going to start at one and finish at 10. Because answer, answer number one might meet, lead you down a completely different path. So it's having the skill to be able to listen whilst that person answers and take another question possibly from what they're already telling you. Yeah, that's the bit I struggle with sometimes, actually. It's the concentration, isn't it? You've got to be able to concentrate on what the person is saying while also thinking ahead and t- trying to formulate stuff. Yeah, because there's nothing worse than drying up. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, I, I work for my local football club and, you know, I, I'm the pitch announcer. And the other day I had to interview uh, a guy who you may or may not know, a guy called Steve Perryman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he used to play for Spurs. Uh, he was there, he's, I think he's their top ever um, uh, appearances. Okay, And now he's a director down at Exeter City. And they asked me to interview him in front of all the fans because he's really well known. And my big fear is, as I'm talking to him, you know, crikey, what do I say next? He's answering this question. And while he's answering it, I am trying to already think ahead and think what well, because there's nothing worse than going, right, uh, yeah, thanks, Steve, you know, and just drawing up. Yeah. Because you know, this guy is a, is a, is a legendary state, uh, has legendary status in football. So if you can't think of questions to ask someone like him, then you definitely shouldn't be doing the job that I do. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, well, how do you do that then? So how do you, have you got any techniques or tips for how to sort of formulate that, how to concentrate on it while still coming up with new questions? De- definitely have, you know, a plan in mind. Okay, mm-hmm. do, do a little research on that person, find out, you know, a little bit of information about them. Uh, so if, because let's be honest, you know, you can be the best interviewer in the world, but if your interviewee is dull, boring, and gives you one word monosyllabic answers, you're really going to struggle. So you've got to try and engage them. You've got to get them on your side. So that so definitely have something to fall back on. Um, you may see sometimes, you know, when they're it's a newsreader interviewing someone, they're trying to get something controversial out of them, and, and they just draw a blank, and that newsreader is then you know scrabbling around for the next question. So definitely have a set of questions in mind that you want to ask that person, but be flexible because I say they may come up with something brilliant in that first answer that could lead you down a different path, which quite frankly will be a much more interesting interview. Yeah, so having that flexibility to actually take those leads when you when you you're offered them. Yeah, definitely, um, and it is about thinking on your feet. You know, there is. I'm not sure if that's something you can teach, but it's I, it's certainly something you can learn just to kind of you know adapt a little bit. The, the other thing to do, and this is one of the, I've actually taken a note and written this down, so just in case I, I forgot to say it, <laughs> but it's about asking what they call open ended questions. If you ask me a question that, you know, that I can answer yes or no to, guess what? I'm likely to answer yes or no to it. Yes. And then that leads me into having to ask you straight away another question. So if you ask a question along the lines of, you know, what is it that inspires you the most? They can't say yes, no, or, you know, rarely will they say nothing. So hopefully that kind of uh, what they call an open-ended question allows them to really give you some detail around it and not just give you a one-word answer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, the one thing that I wonder about, it's with that. So sometimes I'm asking open-ended questions and people are still going nowhere. So you do get the ones that are quite, the interview subjects are quite hard work sometimes. Do you find that the sort of the preparation makes a difference with that? So how do you go about actually warming somebody up in advance? Because I've... <laughs> Sorry, go on. You no, 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 no. It's a great question. Carry on, carry on. Sorry. Well, I know. I was just going to say, because I have, I've probably done both. So I have tried to rush into interviews by um, not sort of wasting the witty banter or, you know, the welcome, the <laughs> friendliness. Because, well, for example, before we started this, we had a little sort of three, four minute conversation and it almost feels like you're wasting um, repartee, you know, the, the fun bits. I know what you mean. Yes. Where, yeah. where that could warm people up. It could make you a bit more, yeah, it could make you a bit more friendly and possibly make the interview a bit more smooth. So what do you think about the, the prep stage? Listen, in the position we're in now where, you know, we're, we're doing pre-recorded interviews, you have that ability to do that. So that's great. So yeah, try, you know, it, it, definitely do a little bit of research about that person um, for starters. And if there's something that's that's quite recent to them or relevant to them that you can talk to them about and try and let them understand that you you under, you, you know this, you, you, you appreciate it, you sympathize with them, whatever that thing may be, and, and get them on your side. And definitely, you said it about you know witty banter i suppose is the phrase isn't it really um if you can really you know start to get a bit of familiarity with someone and and, and a joke is is often the best way to do that that can really be a good icebreaker because 
I guess the best interviewers, and I'm looking at the likes of people like you know Terry Wogan and, uh, and Michael As- um, Michael Aspel, people like that, the guys that had talk shows. You know, they made friends with the people they're interviewing, and that means that you're going to sort of break down barriers, and people are going to be much more relaxed. And when they're relaxed, they'll often you know give you much more information than they would if they're a bit standoffish. Yeah, absolutely. And I've actually heard people talking about sort of quite prominent podcasters talking about the fact that they won't interview somebody that they don't know in advance because they just they feel like it does just end up in a really awkward conversation that doesn't really go anywhere. It's difficult because, I mean, if we look at the, uh, the the podcasters who are kind of really right up there, uh, you know, they are American colleagues across the pond yeah. where, they, you know, they I know one in particular interviews everybody on a Monday and he'll literally do, you know, eight recordings on a Monday. But he has a very formulaic way he does things mm-hmm. and it works for him and it makes a very good podcast for him. Yes. Um, but, you know, if you're trying to, if you, you, you know, people say don't take up other people's time too much. But mm-hmm. when we had that, you know, four or five minute conversation beforehand, I think we we're OK. We know we've not got anything pressing at the moment. So there is that familiarity there. So I think if you can take, you know, get that little bit of time beforehand. Um, just to have a couple of minute conversation, just put people at ease, you know, say, look, I'm not asking to to find anything too personal or, you know, I'm not trying to get you in trouble or trying to catch <laughs> you out. You know, um, we're, we're not newsreaders. We're not journalists. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, I say we're not, you know, we're not practicing to be a journalist at the moment. Um, you know, the BBC, if you ever listen to BBC interviews, certainly on shows like Jeremy Vine or your local BBC station, they will always try and put across both sides of the argument. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to get someone who's for and someone who's against. Almost 90% of the stories, they will do that if they can find people with opposing views. And if they can't, they then solicit for phone calls to try and get that uh, controversy going, I guess, because it's that that really grabs people's attention. Yeah. So it's all those different kind of techniques to to really engage the audience, because obviously this conversation has got to be entertaining or at least informative for somebody to want to tune in and listen to. But likewise, it's got to be, you've got to, first of all, create that by asking the right questions. Yeah. And you've got to, well, sometimes be brave enough, I suppose, to ask the slightly awkward questions. Yes. <laughs> I'm dreading what they are now. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, I don't have any for you, I don't think. <laughs> you're not too much in the public eye. Your uh, uh, private life seems to be, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, sure I'm tucked away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's great stuff. It's interesting. You, you mentioned there about um, respecting people's time, and that's something that I've come across a lot recently, actually. There's a lot of interviews I've heard recently talking, sorry, not talking, have mentioned sort of half an hour, 40 minutes in. Um, now, I, don't want, I want to respect your time, so I don't want to take up too much longer. Uh, and it must be, um, there must be some kind of interviewing resource out there that says to do this, because I've heard it in so many different places. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I guess it's just being respectful of other people's time, but it's, it's not something that needs to be discussed live. <laughs> yes. you know, you, uh, your audience <laughs> do not care that I've got enough time to talk to you and therefore you know, yeah. produce a show. So it's definitely something that needs to be done off air. But, yes. I, I, you know, a common courtesy, I suppose, is to make sure that the person you're interviewing has the time to spare. Because sometimes you can see people or you can hear people rushing towards the end of an interview. Um, and, and you're thinking they really don't want to be there, do they? Or, that, or they definitely need to be somewhere else. Yes. Uh-huh. So uh, you, I, I guess, again, as an interviewer, you've got to try 
try and look out for those signs. If you see that person or if you hear that person, you know, going off on a tangent slightly or, or, or starting to give you those very basic answers, it's definitely time to wrap that interview up. Yeah, they're starting to clam up a little bit. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so that's a good tip actually for the pre for the preparation stage. So we're talking about possibly a little bit of um, chat beforehand to relax, to to get the people a little bit more comfortable, to build that rapport, I suppose, before you get on air. Um, also talk about time. So talk about how long you want to talk, how long this person's got to speak. Uh, make sure you stay within that. Is there anything else you think needs to go into that prep stage before you actually start the recording? Uh, again just you know if you can set those parameters out you're in a very fortunate position because we have the time to do that um on a live on a live radio show they might have someone <clears throat> a producer for example that might be able to set the call up but as soon as they come on air it's live it's got to go and, and yeah. there's no preparation time so that's a that's a different kettle of fish altogether but yeah i just think uh, just making that person relaxed if if they want to um it's worth setting up beforehand, you know, would you like to see the questions that I have for you? Um, I mean, as you're well aware, and as we've, uh, we haven't really discussed just yet, but I'm going to give a blatant plug to the podcast that I'm going to be starting soon. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry to crowbar that no, one. No, no, do it. Crowbar away. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, with, with that, I'm, I'm very much would like it to be uh, the interview just, just goes with the flow. I'm not going to have a set a bunch of questions for people because then every single time you listen you can kind of expect what to come along and and if someone's listened and they then get interviewed on the show um they almost probably have a set of answers already ready for me and and i think that can sometimes put the damper on it. it it's the it's the stuff that comes out that's pretty raw sometimes that can be the best material so yeah i i personally that's the way and it's not me being lazy that i don't want to write questions down believe you and me i've got some prompt questions if i need them <laughs> but I, I i like to try and get stories out of people it's all the you know we hear this in in sort of content marketing digital marketing world it's about getting people and brands and businesses to step to tell stories yeah. it apps it absolutely is it's all about that and uh if we can get our uh, our interviewees to tell those stories that's where people can really start to relate to them and, and they enjoy to listen yeah yeah i totally agree i mean yeah, it's always mentioned in uh, public speaking stuff, particularly. I've been looking into that recently, been able to tell a story while you're on stage. And it's not that, well, yeah, you've got a plan for where you want to go. You've got a sort of two or three bullet points of what you want to cover in a general sense. But yeah, don't tie it down to a particular route between those points, I think. I think that's really important. Definitely. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I hear people that go, you know, they, they stand up in front of big conferences and, and give keynote speeches and they don't have a presentation behind them and they roll on for an hour and you just think, wow, you know, that is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, we both experienced that. Uh, was it with Jason Van Orden, was it? Yes, indeed. Yeah. Aye. And uh, he came and did the keynote, the last speech at the uh, the UK Pod fourteen fourteen conference, and yeah, he he didn't use a presentation, he didn't use a, a PowerPoint or a keynote. He just stood there and told stories. And if you ask me, I, I I really enjoyed his talk. You know, he was fascinating because he just everything he told me was relatable. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, yeah, that was a it was a bit of a masterclass in storytelling, really, wasn't it? While also leveraging in all those messages because he was. 
I think there was a couple of points where I actually did sit and think, do you know, he's just been talking about like one thing for about five minutes now. and it's, But then suddenly you'd see where it went and it, there was a, a, a punchline as such that there was yeah. something it was going to that the whole last five minutes, they really sort of emphasised, I suppose. It builds up to it. He, yeah. he is an expert storyteller. And I yeah. think, again, you know, that if you can draw that out of someone that you're interviewing, it's fantastic. Now, <clears throat> in my day job, I stand up and give presentations quite often and I'm all always i don't remember a time where i'm not backed up by a powerpoint presentation you know uh so and as your audience may or may not know you gave a speech at uk pod 14 and you used a very professional um you know powerpoint presentation and uh, i'm not trying to say that you shouldn't have done that (laughs) you slacking off my slides i'm just trying to dig my big (laughs) hole that i thought i might have done no no i i totally agree i i've given quite a lot of presentations in the last few years and i've been gradually cutting down my slides actually mm. um down and down just to I, I know a lot of people actually use just photos but i do think that sometimes it's nice to have like I'll, I'll talk for five minutes with just one slide in the background and i think that's a good way to have it just that that one emphasis of your main point of the section that type of thing i think that works quite well but yeah it'd be nice to go up there and just do none <laughs> And, and that's it. it. The more you practice the same talk, uh, the better you become at it. Yeah. Uh, I've got one I do give and I, I stand up in front of an audience. It's about 40 minutes long. And I think I've got about 15 slides. Uh, and it's only because I've done it again and again and again that I can narrow it down. The one I'm giving tomorrow morning is a two hour presentation. And I think I've got around about 80 slides. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've got a fallback plan there as well. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's, it's interesting that ties in with the interviewing skills, doesn't it? Because there's definitely a, definitely a parallel there um, in terms of telling that story, trying to guide the person through their own story, I guess. That's it. Yeah. If you, if that, that, that is a, another fantastic skill. If you can get that story out of somebody, um, I, the, the one, another, uh, another thing I've written down here that I wanted to emphasize was if you listen to broadcasters and you may not be aware that they do it, but one of my favorite broadcasters, well-known Chris Evans, radio two breakfast show, mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic interviewer fantastic and they do that section of the show where they bring on the mystery guest so he doesn't even know who they are <laughs> and you can hear his his tone he, get, he gets slightly manic and what what he does is he actually asks about two or three questions in a row without letting somebody answer any you know this first question first so i, I had to write an example down because it's a real skill so you know so colin how are you what are you up to today and what is the one thing you're looking forward to the most now that enables the interviewee to kind of take all that in and pick the question they prefer to answer out of all three and then they can come back with a with an answer and it, so it gives them a bit of a multi-choice and and he does that ever so well. If you're ever listening, do do tune in and, and you can see when he gets his mystery, mystery guest, he'll ask them often two, three, and sometimes even four questions in a row. <laughs> That's interesting. I've never, yeah, never noticed that before. I listen to Chris Evans quite a lot and yeah. I've never noticed he does that. But now that you point it out, yeah, obviously. When Vastos introduced the mystery guest tomorrow morning, <laughs> you'll be listening out for that, won't you? Definitely. <laughs> so do you think the, the the benefit there is that he doesn't know who's coming on, obviously, so he can't do any preparation. So he doesn't he doesn't know what questions are suitable. So that's that's why he wants to give that choice. 
I think so. Yeah. And, and, you know, don't get me wrong. There may be some preparation that have gone into this. You know, they say he doesn't know. And I, yeah. I, can't, I kind of believe that I want to believe them, put it that way. But I kind of believe them because he is excellent at the job that he does. There's no, you know, he wouldn't be the number one radio presenter in the UK hosting the Radio 2 Breakfast Show, the biggest show in the country, yeah. if he wasn't half decent at his job. Yeah. So I, I believe they probably could, if, if you or I were thrown a mystery guest and asked to carry out a three-minute interview with them without once pausing or going, well, I've really run out of something to say to you now. You know, I, I think it's a real skill. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I'm going to listen to him more, actually. Do you, th- <laughs> do you think there's a lot to learn in interviewing by watching people who are very good at it? I mean, that seems like an obvious question, but I mean, how, how easy is it, do you think, to pick out how these people do it well? That's a great question because it's really difficult because we are watching that interview and we're getting sucked in and we're listening to the content of the person being interviewed, whereas we're not concentrating on the technique of the person that's doing the interviewing. Mm. So it's difficult to kind of draw yourself away. And, you know, me being a bit of a radio geek, I'll, I'll often listen more to the person asking the questions than the actual <laughs> answers being given, which is not necessarily good. Um, but yeah, that, and that is the skill. If you can, if you can sit and watch, you know, people on news night on the, you know, or uh, who do live interviews on television or on radio, um, there's a real skill to it. And, and politicians, I mean, they are, <laughs> they, they go through some kind of training to give out stock answers yeah. and they, they'll listen to your question and say, listen, that's a great question, but here's the answer to a question that I wanted you to ask me anyway. And that, <laughs> <laughs> and there, that is a really, you know, if you can get an interviewer to pull that back on, uh, like Mr. Paxman used to, who just basically was blunt and said, you've, you've not answered the question I asked. Yeah, so, keep asking yeah, it. <laughs> at, yeah, yeah. Well, there's that famous one where he asked it about 19 times in a row, I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think actually the most recent one of those that I've seen were, and, and I don't I don't necessarily like the guy actually, but Piers Morgan, I think, you know, his, um, uh, his, uh, well, his interview show, basically. The uh, one he, based in the States, is that the one? Uh, or, 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 oh, no, do you know, I'm getting totally mixed up. What's the name no, of the guy? No, I, th- I think you're right, because Piers Morgan does do those life stories. Ones, oh, that's, it? yes, that is yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, I thought, yeah, I thought it got mixed up there. But yeah, no, that's exactly it. And he always seems to get some really <laughs> honest answers out of people gets them crying yeah exactly Almost every time they cry <laughs> yeah <laughs> and do, i mean that's got to be quite a skill being able to get somebody open enough honest enough that they get into that emotional state without putting their back up or without annoying them now like you i'm i'm not his biggest fan okay but he definitely has a skill and i also think he has a team of producers behind him who have prepped that interviewee, you know, got them ready. This is the sort of thing. And they, they have probably done a, a great deal of research into that person right. and had phone calls made to members of the family or people who are close to them to really get that information out of them. So there is a big team effort that goes on behind that, but it still takes someone like Piers to sit there and hold it all together. So yeah. I won't take anything away from him. Um, despite, Piers Morgan being who Piers Morgan is. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, want to, I don't want to cut him too much because, listen, if I'd love to get him on my podcast, a yeah. fascinating character. Yeah, well, absolutely. I'm, I'm sure he's not a guy that shies away from uh, conflicts. So he'll probably quite happily come on to a, a show of somebody who doesn't like him particularly. <laughs> and that's the thing. I mean, you know, he could be quite intimidating. You know, mm-hmm. it, yeah. getting getting a guest who is who's very confident can be really difficult to interview as well. So that I think that would be quite a challenge. <laughs> 
So the uh, the more technical sides of it, so the, the actual practicalities of doing an interview, like I'm sitting here at the moment um, and I've kind of evolved to this where I do write some notes of what you're saying, um, but I do it on paper rather than my keyboard, obviously, so you can't hear it. Uh, and I do a kind of little mind map thing. How do you how do you go about sort of, what would you call it, mapping out your interview or keeping track of things that you uh, want to ask about again? What are, What's your techniques? I think you, you've just nailed it. It's about making sure you've got that little notes. And I haven't heard once a pen scribbling on a piece of paper. So that's brilliant. <laughs> I was completely unaware that you were doing that. But, but that's good because, you know, if you go off on a tangent and you ask them a question about one specific topic and they, and they veer off somewhere else, it may be a brilliant avenue to go down and encourage that. But actually, a lot of your audience, because you asked that original question, want to know the answer to that question. So yeah. being able to bring them back um, is a really, really good plan. So, yeah, um, that, I would do exactly that. Definitely. Cool. That's partly my um, bad memory, actually. I just forget. What, like, <laughs> I'm I with think, you on that one. <laughs> I think out questions as you're talking, but obviously don't want to interrupt, uh, going by your rule at the start. Uh, so I write it down so I can remember it again, because I've so many times I've been talking to people and I've I've just been on the computer because I tend to keep things very digital. I don't tend to use paper very much, although I'm yeah. moving back towards paper actually recently. Uh, but obviously when you're on the computer, you type and it's so obvious and you just can't do that. So, yeah, that's why I've kind of come to the system I'm using these days. You've got a, obviously a silent pen and some really good quality paper there. <laughs> that's exactly it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's all great stuff. That's us. Um, yeah. It covered quite a lot of the things that I wanted to cover. Actually, have you got any other any other points written down there that you wanted to cover before we uh, before we tie it up? I think we, we, we covered everything off. You know, I, I've written down about doing a little bit of research first. Um, so just to recap, then asking the open ended questions, um, you know, questions that may begin with, you know, what, how or when uh, those questions tend to lead to uh, uh, more open ended answers, um, giving that one, two, three questions all together. Um, again, I think that's quite a skill, something that I would certainly have to write down yeah. as opposed to just think off the top of my head. But I think the one thing that I've written down here that really stands out, and I've put it in bold, is you have to listen. You have to listen whilst someone is answering a question that you've just asked them because they could give you a brilliant answer and you completely ignore it and go and ask a different question which takes us off in a different direction, whereas actually the answer they've given you there's something else in there that needs to be dug into a little bit further. So I think the key, key thing really is to learn that skill of listening whilst talking. Yeah, I think that applies to just about anything in real life, doesn't it? When you're just chatting to people. Completely, yeah. Just having a conversation. (laughs) If you're married, listen. but yeah even when you're like when you're meeting somebody new and you're you quite often do that don't you You go to a networking event say if you're on a small business or whatever you go to quite a lot of these things and you'll talk to somebody and you'll realize that within a few minutes this person just doesn't hear a thing you're saying all they want to do is talk about themselves or promote their own stuff or whatever but it just come yeah i think it probably probably similar to somebody who's meeting you and somebody who's listening to an interview i think it probably comes across more genuine more likable people will just generally respond to you more be- more more better that doesn't make sense better I, <laughs> more I effectively I, I think you've nailed it there because if you ask them something about what they've just been talking about you, you it, it proves and it shows that you are listening to what they're saying mm-hmm. um one of the things i do because i am like a lot of people claim to be terrible with names mm-hmm. if someone tells me their name i'll often repeat it straight back to them so you know you introduce yourself hello i'm colin colin lovely to meet you yes. i've said it so <laughs> it, it gets embedded and I, I did practice this 
um on i was just on holiday and um i met some uh, some people who and i've never met their children before and i was introduced to three children straight and i i straight away went oh hello you hello you hello you and i mentioned all their names yeah and then i completely just said to their dad listen the reason i've done that is because i'm bar- i'm guaranteed to forget their names <laughs> so by saying it out loud i hear myself saying it and i find it personally i find that easier to remember yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah write, write them down <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah no i totally agree i'm exactly the same i just forget within seconds i don't think i even take it and in fact i think you have to remember something to be able to forget it i never even register it half the time <laughs> That's, yes yeah you're, i think you're absolutely right definitely <laughs> um a final thing's just occurred to me actually while you were talking there something that oh, i wanted yes. to ask <laughs> <laughs> sorry um which was the uh the responses so no, I'll explain that because that made no sense whatsoever. While you're speaking, obviously I'm talking to you, you're talking to me, and in a normal in a normal conversation, you're doing verbal cues, you're doing visual cues, you know, nodding, smiling, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that type of stuff. In an interview, you don't really want that kind of stuff going on, do you? Do you know, it's a really valid point. I've got a colleague who I work with, and you can hear her on the phone when she asks a question or something, and you know the other person's talking. And all the way through that person's talking, my colleague's going, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. And it really gets on my nerves. <laughs> and I, I find that if, if I'm talking to somebody, you know, and it, it is different to if you're talking on the phone, like we are via computers yeah. or face-to-face. The, the interaction is very different. Um, I think we're being very polite, me and you, with each other's time and trying not to talk over each other. And, uh, you know, there's been a couple of times where you've heard me take a breath and because of that, you thought I wanted to say something, didn't you? Well, yes. <laughs> and, it, and, and it's funny how you, you have to take those audio cues when you're not sat in front of somebody. Yeah. But the whole body language thing, you know, when I was on the radio, you have to go out and do interviews and, and you talk to people and you, you hold a microphone underneath their face and you ask them a question and, and you know, 99 times out of 100, they'll, they'll look straight back at you in the eyes. So you have to maintain that eye contact. Um, it's difficult if you start looking down at some questions that you have written down um, because one hand's got the microphone, the other hand's got the questions so you know you're in those situations rather than me go mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know I, i'm nodding and if they say something that's you know amusing I'll, I'll smile um say something quite serious you know i might furrow my brow or something like that <laughs> and it is about giving them the cues that you are listening and you are understanding what they're saying which is difficult and and totally different to do if you're doing that like we are when we're not face to face yeah absolutely and we can't see each other yeah so, so do you think it's okay in that context to to do a little mm, every now and again just to show that you're still there yes yeah yeah absolutely yeah if, if you're if i'm on a three minute speech <laughs> i might think you've turned your microphone off i'm going to make a cup of tea or something so, yeah you know just that little uh-huh you know or something just like you say a little verbal clue that you're still listening and you're still engaged yeah yeah does it even uh just actually leaning away from the mic a little bit while you're doing it because would that just help to draw you away from it not draw attention to yourself but there's still something there it is. Yeah, I like that idea, actually. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 one of the things you're taught in radio is, you know, you must always be on mic. Um, but I, I disagree with that, because if I can sort of turn around and start talking at you over here, you know, it kind of gives a different impression. And you can kind of maybe with with audio, you have to try and paint pictures, you know, because that's how our brains work. And if I'm leaning over and trying to reach something and I move away from the microphone, you can almost hear what I'm trying to do. It's like if I talk to you now and I 
when I if I smile when I talk to you, you can almost tell that I'm smiling because yes. my voice sounds slightly <laughs> different. And it's those little things again that, that you can pick up on and you can influence um, when you're carrying out interviews. Yeah, yeah, you always hear that, don't you? That you can hear a smile even over the phone. You can, and you'll see these call center people on, on those. I love that BBC Three show, the call center. Um, you know, people are physically moving their hands around, and I, you know, I'm quite, uh, I'm quite, you know, when, if I'm talking, if I'm on the radio in the mornings, you know, my hands will be moving all over the place because it kind of adds a bit more um, vitality to the voice, I suppose. Yes. Not really, not really an interview technique. It's just how you sound. Uh, and you, you obviously want to try and be enthusiastic at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think even just being able to have the freedom to do a little laugh every now and again as well. Because if somebody says something that they've obviously, you know, it's a joke, whether you find it funny or not, even if you, you don't, you laugh, whatever. It's, that's part of what the rapport is, isn't it? That makes the the um, the interview good or it makes well, it engaging. Yeah. If I'm saying something funny and you're not laughing, yeah. I'm thinking I'm not very funny. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy laughed. Um, you know, but there is that situation. So yeah, and even if it has to be a little bit full sometimes, just to keep that person on board, yeah. uh, to let them know because what they might be saying currently may not be funny, but it might be leading to something that's absolutely hilarious. So yeah, yeah that, that they need that affirmation that you're still paying attention and that you are enjoying what they're saying. Yeah, great. Okay, that's great. I think that's a great one to leave it on because I think that's something that people do struggle with a bit, thinking that well, either not realizing at all that they have to monitor that. What they're doing while the other person's speaking or that they think that they have to do it too much and actually it just really cuts out the character of the of the conversation i guess yeah it's about finding that happy medium isn't it really yeah great okay Fantastic. brilliant so uh, go on then pimp your uh, pimp your podcast man <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> so yeah launching uh, very soon uh, it's going to be definitely in september 2014 depending on when you're listening to this of course yeah sure. uh, my podcast is going to be called they talk for a living <laughs> which um, was inspired by of course being a radio presenter but then i realized that actually that covers a vast amount of people um you are going to be a guest on my show which i'm really really pleased about thank you, you very much for agreeing to do that no problem because when you're doing your podcast you're doing exactly that but you've got company bosses who have to stand up in front of a large audience you know all of their employees you've got your gp that you go and see they talk for a living like yeah. my gp rang me today um and and you know they have to have really good ability to to verbally communicate with people because they have to try and you know crikey they can deliver the worst news in the world that you'll ever hear and they have to do that in a really you know careful way so you've got your teachers, lecturers, radio presenters, TV presenters, journalists. Uh, so I'm going to be trying and uh, get a whole vast range of different types of people and asking them about how it is that they, they what techniques they use and how they talk for a living. And, you know, I, I just, again, I haven't really got a set amount of questions, but I hope it just be a, a fascinating listen and uh, and we'll see where it takes us. Yeah, no, I'm genuinely really interested to hear it because I, it's like I said at the start, I'm it's something I'm really interested just now is particularly public speaking, but uh, just speaking in general, like being able to go to events and talk to people and engage with people and uh, and on the podcast as well. I mean, it, the audience for this podcast is obviously podcasters, so I think they'll find it really interesting. So Good. yeah, well, thanks very much. They talk for a living.com. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, well, thanks again for coming on, Matt. I think that was really good. Thank you very much for having me, Colin. No problem at all, and I'll talk to you soon. Take care, buddy. Cheers. If you want more of everything podcasting, 
from equipment guides to podcasting courses, head over to thepodcasthost.com. And don't forget to give us some feedback. Leave a comment at podcraft.net or send Colin a tweet at the podcast host. Thanks for listening. 